0: So, welcome to the Catholic Cop, joined by my regular co-host, Cordy, and a special guest, Molly!
1: Hello! <laughs> hello, hello.
0: And, um, so, Molly, you and I have gotten, we've known each other for a couple years now, I, yeah. I think. Uh, so, I went to college with Molly's husband, and, um, <laughs> had fun tormenting him, and, uh, <laughs> yeah then he he met this uh wonderful lady and none of us believed him and then what do you know Mo- molly showed up and showed us that he wasn't full of it <laughs> and uh it's, it's been a joy ever since so i hope uh, that i have made the the message at least somewhat clear even if it's a little foggy that even though this is called the catholic cop um really kind of all about any sort of like crisis service, you know, any, any, anybody in, um, any sort of field that I think caters to people in some sort of crisis situation. Um, personally, I think that is a group of people that don't really get ministered to a lot because frankly, we are kind of a minority in society. Um, But I think it's just really important, and so uh, hence why uh, I like and hope to have many more people like you, Molly, and that aren't, you know, maybe in a first responder type uh, capacity. Um, Because again, I I think what we do is important. So with that, Molly, how about you? uh, You introduce yourself and what you do, and uh, we'll we'll just go from there.
2: Yeah. So I work at a crisis pregnancy center in Wichita, Kansas called A Better Choice. Um, and I've been here, gosh, five going on six years Mm. and I've had different titles in the organization over that amount of time. But essentially what we do is, um, just provide ministry and services to women in unplanned pregnancies. So, um, whether they come in for a free pregnancy test or a free sonogram or wanting to learn more about their options in an unplanned pregnancy or maybe they need help with diapers and formula or maybe they're just stuck and don't know where to go and their sister or their friend referred them to us um we just seek to be here to serve them and to love them and just to to value and cherish every life Mm -hmm. um The mother's life and the child's life. Mm -hmm. Um, and that looks different every day. I mean, you think you've heard it all and then you show up to work another day. I'm sure you can relate. Definitely can relate to that. Yeah. But, But it's very fulfilling and it's very challenging. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just honored to be included with people like you guys in your <laughs> too. I mean, that's, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> I, and again, I, I think what you do is, is so critically important, um, especially just for the Catholic mission of, of honoring life. And, um, I think you have kind of a benefit of um, working with a very particular group of people. So now is, is your, uh, is the group that you're with uh, like secular, or is it a a Catholic affiliated organization? Or
2: uh... yeah, yeah. So we consider ourselves a Catholic ministry, okay. and by that we yeah we um, adhere to all the pro life teachings of the Catholic Church.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, however, we're not like diocesan or mm-hmm. funded by the church, um, and of course our mission is to any faith, any person. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, just kind of like our mission, like where we flow out of is those pro life teachings. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, and again, I'm actually like really excited to have you on because I know, like, in the Catholic sphere, especially with pro life being such a huge thing that's talked about in parishes and amongst, you know, just Catholic rhetoric, like, I don't really know anything about like crisis pregnancy centers <laughs> other than like what you just laid out and like uh, kind of that superficial sense I'm like oh well that's where uh, you know women in crisis like, in quotes <laughs> go and okay. and uh, I guess could you lay out maybe the spectrum of um, what you see and like what say a woman in crisis, Looks like from from your end, so I think that oh, might pay, well. paint a a good picture for people and and why that might even be helpful to support more yeah, seniors. Like yours.
2: Definitely, I mean, I think our clients range from very moderate, mild crisis, if not no crisis at all, mm-hmm. to like extreme crisis. So, I mean, a lot of our clients are, you know, just on hard times having kids is expensive they know that we give out free diapers once a month that relieves their budget so they come in for diapers and we get to build a relationship with them that way Mm -hmm. um, and earn trust and you know a lot of them they have six or seven kids and they've come here for everyone and we've built Mm -hmm. a relationship and we feel like we know their family Mm -hmm. um but it could also be i mean we've got Young teenagers, like 14, 15, who, um, you know, are trying to decide what they want to do. Some, some of them come from terribly abusive situations. Um, we have clients who struggle with substance abuse. We have clients who, you know, have lost their children to the foster care system. Um, clients who just got out of jail. Clients who uh were raped or abused by you know a partner or a stranger I mean um it can really be anything mm-hmm. but that's just kind of a a little snapshot
0: yeah 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 you really do see see the whole spectrum then
1: yeah <laughs> um,
0: yeah I have yeah, I've gotten to work with a couple uh, of, of women who um, have been assaulted or or raped and those are never never fun you know that's yeah. the, those, those are like the most dreaded calls yeah. that um i know i can get and it's not just because i'm a guy having to like talk to a woman about this it's
2: um, just the weight of the situation yeah. yeah
0: yeah exactly
2: yeah
1: you're
0: just like that's um i consider that as far as an act of dehumanizing like second only to murder it's mm-hmm. It is one of the absolute worst things that can happen, and um, it, strange as it is, the fact that that crime exists is one of the reasons why I got into policing and, uh, you know, hope to become a detective, and I'm working my way up to, to investigations, because mm. um, it, it's more common than I think people realize, regretfully. Oh,
2: yeah. And, oh, yeah. Um, you know, on that topic, actually uh-huh. just like encouragement for you as a cop and <laughs> anyone listening, just when we have clients come in who disclose that they've been raped or abused, we always offer to call in mm-hmm. like proper authorities, proper professionals to help make reports, to help, you know, file a PFA or help mm-hmm. find them a shelter or whatever. You know, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's kind of above what we're trained for. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, the cop that gets called in can make or break that woman's experience. Mm. And I've seen it both ways. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've had cops come in that were like, well, why didn't you yell louder?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or like, why didn't you report this two <laughs> weeks ago when it happened? Yeah. Or even like, why don't you just get an abortion and this can all be over? Yeah. But I've also had cops come in and be like, you know, like I was sexually assaulted and here's how my experience went and mm-hmm. here's, you know, you can trust the detectives and they were great and you can do this. And,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I think a lot of, a lot of my clients are scared of law enforcement, you know, sure. or, you know, some good reasons, some bad reasons, <laughs> but
1: yeah.
2: um, just the response to that situation. Oh my gosh. I've seen it totally make or break just how she moves forward.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That that actually just reminded me of a <clears throat> of a call that that I had. This woman you know, disclosed that she, that she had been raped, and she she was. Um, it had happened like maybe a half an hour you know prior. So like oh, I think wow. she was still like in shock and mm-hmm. and whatnot. And uh, I remember it being pretty surreal because she was largely calm in giving me you know the information that I was I was. Uh, needing but was like the 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 second that i said and hey like called her by your name it's like i'm sorry that this happened to you and it's like then she just started bawling and hey. that was like kind of a surreal moment and i'm like oh geez like i <laughs> i hope that that was like the The right thing to say in that situation.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. You, you know,
0: uh,
1: uh, I don't know. You'd be I,
2: shocked what people I, need uh, to hear, but they never hear from anybody. Yeah. And just a simple like "I'm sorry" mm-hmm. is so healing to a lot of people. And just yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Golly, well, I'm 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 glad to hear that from you.
2: And,
1: and yeah,
0: um, yeah. That said, I I completely understand why people are nervous around police again for good, bad, or uh, I think the vast majority of people had never had a police experience before, mm-hmm. and I think that is just a nerve-wracking experience for them. Yeah. Um, so, I guess how many uh, people in like abusive situations do you end up seeing, and or um, it could be either abusive or people that might be like caught up in, say, drug abuse. How many of those clients do you end up seeing or working with?
2: Quite a few. Um, I'd say the majority of our clients have that in their lives if they're not Mm. directly affected by it currently. Mm -hmm. Either an abusive parent in childhood or a family member who um, has substance abuse or just an unhealthy relationship that, Someone like you and I would consider abusive that mm-hmm. they maybe have not considered that to be abuse before. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention the clients who don't admit it to me because yeah. I'm a stranger. They just met 10 minutes ago, you right. know? So I think if I had to guess, oh, 80, 90% probably of our wow. clients are touched by those issues in mm-hmm. some way.
1: Yeah.
0: Golly. I think mm-hmm. if nothing else, that that I think just highlights that much more the importance of what you do. And so mm-hmm. oh, also thank you for what you do <laughs> if if I forget to, to say it later. Um
2: it's a it's an honor, it really is. It's a challenge, but it's an honor.
0: Yeah. yeah. Fulfilling work isn't it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I Cordy and I have talked about this. Like, yeah, it like objectively it is difficult. But there is something again, so satisfying, like interiorly, um, knowing that like, you get to like help people.
2: Yeah. I always say the lows are really low, but the highs are really high oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's what keeps you in it, you know? Yeah.
0: So on that, like, how does your faith kind of incorporate into the work that, that you do? And you, could would you be able to give us kind of a snapshot of, um, how that plays into Not just the work itself, but how you survive. Yeah,
2: (laughs) for sure. I think I think in professions like this, burnout is so easy and you have to Mm. constantly fight against it. And I think you have to start from the part of our faith that says that every person is valuable, loved, a child of God, created by God um and so i I, it's yeah in my hardest days my hardest situations like i just have to go back to that central thing that i believe and that i know and that i am compelled to share you know and uh
0: that can be a lot easier uh said than believed some days
2: (laughs) yes and you know you learn it in church and in school Mm -hmm. and whatever and it's not until you're face to face with someone who's really hard yeah. to love or really hard to serve. And you kind of just have to be like, you know what? The kingdom belongs to them. Yeah. Like the gospel has stories of this from the beginning to the end. Like this is where Christ would be if he was walking on <laughs> earth today. You Jesus, know? So, Jesus died
0: for this person uh, just yes, as much as he
2: died yes. for Yes. Yeah. And it's a mindset. And yeah. I constantly have to work on it and I'm constantly challenged in that. But, um, yeah, that, I think that feeds my work. And then as far as personally, yeah. Oh my goodness. Just having, having faith, I think is essential to, first of all, like not try to be someone's savior. Yeah. Like knowing that God is their savior and that I, I do what I can, but really the rest is them and the Holy spirit. And Um, it's not my job Mm -hmm. that can take a huge pressure off. I think as well as just having prayer and just Jesus as a person to go to when you're tired and discouraged and at the end of your rope and, Mm -hmm. you know, just get refreshment from him. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Um, I think savior com- like a savior complex <laughs> is really common amongst uh, everybody that does the kind of work that, that yes. we deal with.
2: <laughs> Everyone naturally has it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, They're yeah. attracted to jobs like
1: this. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. And no, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that, something- that, that can be a struggle. Uh, yeah. Because I think if if anybody lets that kind of go unchecked, then the times when you fail hit. Really hard, and they they hit. Um, it can be devastating, and then I think
1: yeah. it,
0: somebody again who who has this unchecked savior complex, um, it could only take one failure, and then they'll like up and leave. Like regardless of how good they they might be at the job, you're just like, whew, it takes a little too much of a toll on them.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention, it's not helpful to those you're serving, right? Because you're putting pressure on them. You're connecting your personal worth to their yeah. journey, and it's it's just counterproductive. Yeah.
0: It, yeah, yeah, It can be tough to meet them where they're at, which mm-hmm. I think is probably the most important, most important thing, and uh, also one of the most difficult things. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, Cordy, Molly, like I, I think we all know what it's like to to come face to face with somebody and you're like this such a simple solution you're like just do this but for them like there could be a mountain in between them and what we see is this really simple solution and uh yeah i think it's it's up to us to help them navigate that but we have to be willing to see the mountain that they're seeing
1: Definitely yeah.
0: way easier to, to say that than to actually do it.
2: <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, um, Cordy, cause you and Molly are kind of have some similar, I, I think, um, um, work experiences, just, you know, Cordy with you, uh, working in the juvenile system and, uh, um, um, actually, Cordy, have you worked with like any like teen women like in in crisis pregnancies or in anything like that
3: I have not okay i have not i'm a lot of um the women that I've dealt with um have been usually assault charges mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh or we'll have some that'll uh be like stealing mm. gotten possession stuff like that but we actually had one that went to jail that was actually, you know, going back to like like the rape victims, stuff like mm. that. We had one that actually came into jail and her mother was actually selling her for sex so then she would mm. get drugs from the situation, oh. which was very unfortunate. And if that doesn't make her blood boil, I don't know what it does. <laughs> so Golly. And it's not it's not
0: a, a story I'll I'll share in, in details, but um we had we had a guy who was uh sexually abusing a a child and what he did was so bad that we could not keep him in the same cell as the other pedophiles because even they were threatening him. And there, That's there, how
2: you know, it's bad.
0: <laughs> there, there are some sick people in the world, and uh, it, and I, I take such a focus on you know, Catholicism, and um, you know, I, I place that emphasis on myself. And again, part of the, the mission behind this is to help other people, like in these positions, um, have some Catholic focus. Because in our worldview, that can appear so common. You know, like like when you're around you of know, the the darkness trauma, abuse, drug use, and, and all this, um, it can feel like that is everybody. You know, it can feel like that's around you. And it can be really difficult to remember that all told. This is a minority of people, um, yeah, so I guess it's you know stimming off the the cynicism. Um, so, I don't know, Molly have have you ever found yourself like getting to- towards that cynical side of of
2: life? And- oh yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I'm a natural cynic, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely that has been a challenge in my career. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Even when you said like it's a minority, that just like in my brain, I was like, "Oh, is it?" <laughs> right?
1: Because it
0: doesn't <laughs> just, feel like it.
2: About this. Like I just <laughs> like, everybody. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like it does not feel that way when that's you know your your day to day when that's yeah. you know your your nine to five, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and if any anybody's listening that is you know in fields like this. I think that's why it's so important to have friends outside of like these careers to kind of help anchor to more hopeful things.
2: <laughs> yes, I find it's very helpful for me. You know, when I first started, you hear shocking stories every day. Mm-hmm. So I'd go home and I'd be like, you can't believe what well, my <laughs> client told me, like this and this and this and this and this. And I would just shock people. Uh huh i have learned though for me it's healthiest to leave work at work yes and like enjoy home at home right yes. you know like mm-hmm. you have to compartmentalize not in an unhealthy way yeah. you know there's the right way to do it mm. but yeah
0: <laughs> poor poor jake
1: i know <laughs> uh,
0: poor innocent child uh, uh, that's that's good well, then, uh, speaking of, of, you know, the healthy compartmentalization, that's not actually anything that we've talked about. So I guess, I don't know, I, I suppose this show and, and my podcasts are one way that I can compartmentalize and, and, you know, just the healthy outlets, but, uh, um, I also have, uh, a, a ridiculous number of hobbies. <laughs>
3: and that always helps
0: (laughs) it's it is
1: santa claus uh, it's
0: kind of absurd i'm i'm i am so into being a santa right now i i just bought a new belt and i'm already uh looking to go to a santa school next year
2: yes our little six-month-old sadie can't wait to meet santa joe this year
0: so excited (laughs) like I was Santa for two babies last year, and now I think I'm already up to like seven.
3: <laughs> Just because
0: we're gonna
2: have to like book you way in advance. <laughs> I, know. I
3: know. Yeah, I already called next year. I got them on the
2: list. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Cody's gonna be having a baby, and and
3: oh my gosh, like
0: it's and it is such a joy. Like, so can you start doing like Easter Bunny? <laughs> well, you know what? And summer Santas are becoming a thing now. So you get like like, Santas and Hawaiian shirts.
1: Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You
0: get the whole like Christmas in Ju- Christmas in June.
3: So Christmas you're saying July. you can just make your own calendar and just like yeah pictures have your own calendar made. <laughs> Heck yeah! Oh my
0: gosh, that would be that. It's like the mid year check in to
2: make sure that the kids are still being good. <laughs> right. <in June>. Yeah. <laughs> Not just in like December.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Santa said he's always watching. So here, here I am. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right <laughs> uh, it's 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 so much fun but uh yeah well, and Molly was like you've been doing a home renovation like, yeah <laughs> i i uh how has that been going and oh and
2: it's been it... good yeah so like I said, I have a six month old baby and a couple of days before she was born, my grandma passed away. Hmm. It was a crazy week. (laughs) And uh, my grandma lived in an old farmhouse that was just my favorite place in the world. Hmm. And so after her death, you know, my family was trying to decide what to do with the farm and the land and the house. And it ended up that me and Jake agreed to buy the house and move out there and it's a 1897 oh my gosh. farmhouse that needed a lot of love. <laughs> so oh, that's lady. what we've been doing in absolutely all of our free time.
0: I I bet and, that really helps you you keep work at work.
2: <laughs> yes, oh definitely. <laughs> and, it's like a physical outlet. Like, yes. are, are, are can... there
0: are there times where you're like you know what? Can I just stay at work? Have, have, have you? <laughs> Has the the renovations uh, gotten to that point yet?
2: (laughs) More like, I just need a vacation. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) From it all. But no, it's been awesome.
0: (laughs) Good, good. And Cordy, what, what, well, we've talked about your uh, semi-pro football, but uh, uh, would you consider that one of your big sort of outlets?
3: Yeah, I would say playing football. um, It's kind of ironic actually i love watching a live pd i feel like it's so calming that's that's funny (laughs) so that's like i feel like that is what i like to do um we like to actually one thing my wife and i really like to do we like to golf a lot so we go golf quite a bit um Still trying to teach her how to golf. It's kind of hard to do it when you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can only
3: imagine.
2: Then so, <laughs> her gravity changes a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so we do that. We play some pickleball, which is actually, that's awesome to do. Nice. So that's kind of the things that we kind of do, just, you know, because she works at North Kansas City Hospital, so she mm-hmm. deals with a lot of people every day, too, with um, as being a dietitian. So anyways, we always try to find something we can do that will, yeah. Make it a lot better at home than it is at work. (laughs) Yes, very
0: much so. Uh, That's so important. I'm so glad you mentioned Live PD because I think if anybody truly wants to know what policing is like and wants to know what the most accurate police show is, uh, I would say it's uh, Reno 911 or Brooklyn 99 are (laughs) the most accurate Please. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like not, not, not even joking there. The, 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 the kind of people that you oh deal with on a day-to-day gosh. are just like the people in those shows. And <laughs> the people that you work with are exactly like the people in those shows. Like, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you know, you have the two real old officers that, that don't do anything. They, <laughs> I guarantee you, you, you talk to any cop, they're like, oh yeah, no, that's me. Or... <laughs> Or they're like, "Yep, we we got one of those," <laughs> and it's 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 uncanny and makes the shows that much more hilarious. Uh, like when they say that Super Troopers is hilarious because it's accurate, they're absolutely right.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. the parodies are sometimes closer to real life.
0: One hundred percent. It's like as much as as fun as cops can be uh that's uh that only happens a fraction of the time (laughs) so now a little little change of topic here um because obviously mental health is you know a huge thing uh there's a huge push in in policing and like i've at this point gone through maybe collectively like an entire month worth of of just various forms of mental health training and cordy went to school for psychology (laughs) and uh so molly i guess how
1: uh,
0: is mental health a factor or an element in what you do and um is is that even something that uh, you you deal with or have any experience with or need any experience with is what, what's that like for uh, a pregnancy center?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think just being in crisis is already a mental health sure. concern. So a lot of the women we work with already are in, yeah, that state of crisis when they mm-hmm. come in. Um, we are not professional counselors mm-hmm. and we don't pretend to be professional counselors. And so when it comes to like serious mental health issues, we refer, refer, refer. We have counselors that we trust. We have nonprofits in the area that have, you know, affordable counseling. Mm-hmm. But I think also what we find is there's a huge barrier to getting help professionally. Yeah. Yes. That is really hard to jump, mm-hmm. especially if you don't trust professionals or if you don't have the funds or the time or if you just don't believe or want to get better, you mm-hmm. know? So I think we find a lot in our work that we're kind of that bridge of, you know, I can't do therapy with you and right. go into all of your problems and I'm not going to try to, but maybe I can be the first person that's like, what do you do for yourself? Yeah. Like, do you think maybe taking a walk would help? Or here's a journal, like, why don't you try answering some of these questions? Or... Uh, even just giving like my own testimony of like therapy being helpful or or whatever, or, or, you know, I have family members who struggle with mental illness and sharing their stories and how I have witnessed medication being helpful for them, mm. things like that. I, I think it's, it's an honor to like try to build that bridge between Mm. the huge gap of like starting therapy or getting help so
0: yeah I, I think you're totally right where that that is kind of a, a big leap
2: mm-hmm. so
0: I guess Cordy as, as somebody that really works because you are the professional here um,
3: do you because, I guess I guess
0: I am <laughs> <laughs> do, do you run into uh, that resistance from people that just don't trust the you know, quote unquote the system
3: yeah. So for example, it's funny you brought that up because yesterday we had a meeting with a child with his probation officer and the stepfather has no relationship with the child. Hmm. So it was, it's one of those situations where dad stepdad tells child that I'm, you're not my kid. So I don't care what you do. Hmm. And I'm not, I mean, you're going to listen to me, but I'm not gonna listen to what you, you have to say type situation. Um, they, those, a lot of those people, I see by 90% of people that, that I deal with like that um, will reject any f- assistance for therapy, period. Mm. It happens every time. And like yesterday, he was like, I don't want to do the lovey-dovey stuff for therapy. Mm. And it's like, that's, that's the way they see it. Like yeah. they see it as like some soft thing. It's like, he thinks he's got to be a tough guy and not go to therapy. But it's like, I mean, you can also rebuild your marriage with your, now current wife as well while you're there. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of like in those kind of situations, almost 90% of the time I would say they resist it every time. Mm. So, man.
2: And it's interesting because I, I got a psychology minor in college and one of the things that sticks out to me the most is that therapy only works if the patient believes it will work. Mm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And so if you go in with the mindset of like this is dumb, it's not gonna work, <laughs> well, then you're right. Yeah. You know.
1: And yeah. I tell That's that exactly to,
2: a, to my <laughs> clients. I'm like, listen, you have to trust somebody. And if you can't get there, then it's not gonna work. A, you know s-
3: self
0: fulfilling prophecy.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, and they also they also like tell you, I've heard it from a lot of people that I've worked with in the six years I've been doing this, and it's like <clears throat> you only want to work as hard as your client wants to work.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting
3: so work as hard as your client wants to work so right. if you're going to coach them and try to educate them on things that'll help them like intervention wise then if they're not putting in the effort mm. for that i mean you want to match their level yeah for that mm. so it's very interesting if when, when you look at it from that perspective and like put it into like your real life situations when you do deal with those kind of people it makes a lot of sense like i'm not going to keep Beating a dead horse mm-hmm. for you, <laughs> type situations.
2: Uh, yeah. As so. much as I want you to change, you can only yeah. change as much as you want
1: to. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and that,
3: yeah. I see that a lot too.
1: Mm-hmm. Huh.
0: Golly. Well, that, well, even it sounds like that's that much more uh important than, or at least that much more valuable to build the trust with those people. Because then it, it sounds to me like they're not so much trusting the professional they're trusting you who trusts the professional Mm -hmm. and uh, i think that might be a good reminder for all of us uh, especially like if we have a friend that comes to us like with something serious and of course i i get that uh well like i i've had people come to me with with problems and it's one of those things where i I realize that i might be in a position to to help maybe a little bit more than like the average joe (laughs) but um (laughs)
1: <laughs> <Get> one <laughs> thanks
0: i'm here all day but um oh, I, I think no. it, it could be really important to remember that sometimes these the people aren't coming to you necessarily so that you can you can fix their issues um i think they just want somebody to hold their hand while somebody who can you know fix those issues helps them um again i i think People and yeah, might not necessarily trust or even believe that professional help will work, but if you are there supporting them saying, "Hey, like I believe that this will will stick with it, uh you know, I'll be there with you. I think that can be huge and um, so that that just that's to say when somebody comes up to you like, well, sounds like you should go to therapy." <laughs>
1: See ya. all <laughs> right, right. my problems. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> wash my hands of this. Nah. Yeah. Nah, it's probably not the most productive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if only it were that easy. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, I wish. And man, if if only. My heart goes out to therapists too. Like, if only you you really did just have like a a magic pill that you could. You know, throw at somebody's problems and make it that's all funny
3: because way. every that's what everybody thinks there is like yeah. everybody that i deal with they think there is a magic pill up there that'll help them or they'll <laughs> think that like we are miracle workers and like okay no that's not how it works <laughs> yeah yeah man
0: i <laughs> again my i i more power to you i, I think it, this is all a system and i think i i'm I really like this because I think we're, we are getting the different facets of how the system works together. Because so I, I do think, uh, and again, before getting into law enforcement myself, I was very much in this box of like pregnancy centers do pregnancy center things. Therapists do therapy things. Police do police things. Fire does fire things. And, and um, I mean, in reality, like we work with a lot of the same people. And we're involved in getting people the right resources. And like, um, you know, I might talk to somebody that ends up needing to go to like a crisis pregnancy center. And um, like we were fortunate to be in an area that has those resources for people. Um, and mental health calls are everywhere all the time. And <laughs> it's 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 a lot um i guess i i have another topic that molly that i want to ask you about but i guess is there is there anything uh further on like mental health the before i kind of jump to that that you guys want to share
2: uh hours and hours but no i want to hear (laughs) (laughs) hear what you got
0: (laughs) well so um I'm I'm so curious how men are involved in okay well you, maybe that's a very poor phrasing uh, as far as pregnancy goes. So it's very simple. <laughs> I, I, I know the man calls the stork and then the stork brings the baby. Exactly. All right, but uh, so uh, how involved are? Like, the men in the lives of of the women that that you deal with, and how are the men, it's a separate question, and then how are the men themselves directly related to maybe the crisis that the woman is in?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: That's a great question. I think... Obviously, with every crisis pregnancy, there is a man involved.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Like,
2: politically, in our minds, it's primarily a women's issue, you know, because she's the one getting pregnant. But what I have noticed, I think if there, I think, first of all, just like the the worldwide, like, crisis of masculinity, Mm -hmm. I think if. If men, you know, stepped up and were strong men, there wouldn't be crisis pregnancies, you know. Um, And I I see a lot of, you know, abortion minded, abortion vulnerable women who want to abort some because the father of the baby tells them to. But I'd say even more than that, because the father is indifferent. And, um,
3: so how often does the father show up with the mother at the,
2: not often it happens. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, the fourth, the third of the time, Okay. um, varying levels of support. Sure. It's huge mm-hmm. if they come and we love if they mm-hmm. come and we, you know, involve them in the process as well. If, if she wants, mm-hmm. but I think, I think what speaks more is the absence of the men around and um how many women you know they'll be abortion minded when they call me on a friday and then when i check back with them on monday they're like well we sat down and talked about it and he said that he's willing to help me raise a baby so i think we're going to keep it now Hmm. you know I, i think men have such an influence and and i think their absence like uh you can feel that yeah
0: we so actually the last episode which, as of the recording of this one, that episode hasn't been published yet. But uh, <laughs> we 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 talked a little bit about like broken families and mm-hmm. um, the influence on on kids. Obviously, Cordy working with juveniles, and we just seeing the uptick in juvenile calls. Heck, there are two murders that I can think of within uh, that occurred this past year. Uh, that involved kids in their teens like they they weren't i think the oldest was like 17 mm-hmm. and um it's uh, it's wild and you know we we uh, we talked about how we have like the standard kind of understanding of uh, broken families you know where parents are separated you know things might be contentious between them and like the child's just in between as uh you know sort of pawn to use against like the other and
1: mm-hmm. I think there
0: there's kind of that more typical understanding of a broken family. But then there's also like an emotional brokenness where the parents might still be together, but there's no emotional connection between either of them or between them and the child. And um I I guess uh you you kind of hit it right there where it sounds like um the the absence hits a lot, but it's what's, what's your take on that, that, that whole crisis and, and, oh my and, and what you see.
2: One thing that always strikes me is if a woman, we always ask about her relationship, mm-hmm. you know, how long they've been together. Is it healthy? Things like that. And if it's healthy and long-term, I'll always kind of ask, well, have you talked about marriage? You know, mm-hmm. what do you think about it? And, almost all of them say, oh, no, I never want to get married.
1: Hmm.
2: That's just not for me. It's not for us. And I'll ask why, and none of them can exactly articulate why. And then I started asking this question. I've been shocked. I say, do you have a positive example of marriage in your life, Hmm. your parents, your grandparents, a pastor, a neighbor, an aunt and uncle, like, is there somebody in your life that you could go to and ask them questions about marriage? Mm -hmm. They all say no. they have never seen a good, healthy marriage in their lives. So how, how can I expect them to want to get married when I'm like, come on, just marry, you know? Yeah. Um, just coming from a background where you don't see a healthy marriage like how how is that possible to create one yourself and then it's just a cycle and this has been i don't know three four five generations now that this Mm -hmm. has happened in their families and they're passing it down to their children and i mean it's it's a crisis yeah it's shocking
0: you know i i think that puts it in a, in a different reality than I had realized. Cause I'm not really in a position to ask people mm-hmm. like that. That that's, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that Kelly. Yeah, yeah. that That's crazy. Um, and, and even media, you know, movies, T TV, definitely not helping the case
2: there. No. It's, it's
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. There. are and i think even even the jokes of of uh you know like the you get the stereotypical old man dad jokes of like being miserable in marriage that <laughs> it, it can be fun but but I, I i do think in the wrong situation they they might cause some damage there to to you know people's idea of marriage
1: even,
2: right. Uh, if you, if you just grew up in this world without like a particular, you know, Christian influence,
1: mm-hmm.
2: there's nothing selling you on that idea, right. you know, right. but like, I mean, and this is not even just like my opinion or my faith, like studies show that, you know, marriage, a stable family is like huge for predicting like mental health success financial like everything like it's Mm -hmm. it's like the foundation of society and yet like the typical person has no examples and no desire
0: oh my gosh well there you go well Molly (laughs) uh, both well I guess I'm the one person that's not married in this conversation, so uh, yeah, Molly, Cordy, you two, uh, yeah. just Get at it. Just be, be the good examples, then.
1: <laughs> be the hey, good example. Yeah, be the good examples for, for guys
3: like me. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Joe. Joe,
0: and,
1: uh, I got counseling. Joe, I got counseling <laughs> sessions,
3: like, uh, about every day throughout the week. <laughs> I'm
1: right. rooting for you, Joe. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh.
3: No. <laughs>
0: yeah that's good but yeah like i I really wanted to to talk about that because there there is this crisis in masculinity and uh um you know i do think a a lot of the responsibility where we are at culturally does fall on men you know men not not stepping up um and we again referring to our uh, uh previous episode um we we kind of talked about the difference between goodness and virtue, you know how like I think the vast majority of people are good, in that um, they're tolerable, like they they aren't imposing, you know they it's they're good guys and gals, um, but I think you you'll find virtue is a lot more rare, you know where um, you know somebody will will stand their ground when. Yeah, the the tidal wave of you know pressure peer pressure social pressures uh you know comes a crash and um i think that that virtue is a lot more difficult to find and i do think the state of the families is a brilliant example of that um heck J.R. tolkien my absolute favorite person in the world uh well okay i have a lot of favorite people in the world he's one of them and uh I love what he writes about marriage, where he basically says, Yeah, men are kind of screwed. <laughs> he's like, Men by nature are not monogamous. He's like, That's just a reality. It's just something you got to deal with. Uh, but, you know, he goes on to say that that is kind of why virtue is so important, because he's like, You can. You can go your your whole life and you know think okay well maybe i should have married this person should have married this person it would have been you know in his words more profitable he's like sure Uh, that is a reality he's like only like the most wise person in the world could at the end of their life say yep i married perfectly but he's like but that's not who you're married with he, he's like the, you end up seeing divorces because people are chasing this what if like well what if i was with this person instead like what if i had made this decision and uh it's that's a a horrible like spiritual and mental cancer and uh, he's like the person that you're with is your soulmate it's that it the love is a decision is is kind of what his message boils down to. And um I think we're just sort of lacking this uh, foundation to um you know, truly one, teach that to to young people. Oh my gosh, I I hate that I'm old enough that I can say that. <laughs> but the uh, I, the, uh the the old kiddos but it, it's it's a it's a shame that um we are lacking in these good examples and um i uh, think it does put that that pressure on you know the people like us to live these virtuous lives and um i, don't know, I suppose i suppose it's a good thing in, in a manner of speaking because it's kind of setting us up to all be pretty great saints uh i think but uh it's 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 not the most pleasant uh, journey to be on, but <laughs> you know it's necessary. And uh, again, we have our faith and our hope.
1: And Amen.
0: So we make it through.
1: Amen.
0: I I monologue a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Oh man! But uh, golly, I guess Cordy, do you do you have any questions? I I think I I. Kind of tackled everything yeah, that I, I had.
3: I don't have any. I don't, I think everybody hit the nail on the head during this one. So,
0: man, I love it. Molly, you it are, was good. You are wise beyond your years. And uh, uh, thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you think and, so. <laughs> and,
0: and, uh, oh, like, I, I love this. Thank you so much for, for coming on. And, uh,
2: thanks for the invite. Yeah. yeah.
0: I guess, um, before we kind of truly wrap things up how can people like us and just the average person best support pregnancy centers and crisis pregnancy centers
2: oh my goodness Hmm.
0: there it came out swinging with that question
2: yeah i mean (laughs) so many ways like I think one, just like learn your local crisis pregnancy center. I guarantee if you live in a medium sized town, your town has one. Mm -hmm. Like meet them, take a tour, get to know them, introduce yourself. Um, A lot of what we do is just like with networking, like Mm -hmm. my best friend is a social worker at the children's home and we send clients to each other all the time. And Mm -hmm. we, you know, work together. And have you heard about this resource? And Hey, what do you recommend for this? Um, So definitely just like get to know the ladies there. I mean, just as far as like how anybody can support prayer, number Mm -hmm. one, donations, number two, Um, volunteering Mm -hmm. or even working there. Number three. I mean, uh, there's always a need. There's always something. So even like, I don't know, we hired some off-duty cops as security when all the political craziness was happening. So sure. Two or three months back, you know, so there's, there's always (laughs) opportunities to help. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Golly. Um, So then I guess for, for anybody that, that might be interested, I guess, are are there like donation links like on, on your websites and, and, you know, things of that sort?
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The one I work at is called a better choice. Our website is pregnancywichita.com. We've got all our info up there.
0: Well, perfect. Golly. Well, molly again thank you so much for for coming on and uh yeah just educating us teaching us a little bit more about your world and what you do yeah thank you uh, this is fun yeah yeah it it sure is (laughs) well uh (laughs) good luck with your home renovations and
1: uh (laughs) thanks
2: you'll have to come see it when it's all done i'm
0: i'm really excited i'm excited all right well then with that uh All of our dear listeners, thank you all for listening, and uh, we will catch you on the next show.